the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of the Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Angel Mom Agnes Gibney with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, Rancho Cucamonga Republican Assembly, and conservative groups where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. I am sitting in for Greg Britton, who is on a much-needed vacation. Our first guest is someone I admire and respect. You see him on Fox News all the time, on Newsmax. You see him everywhere. And I have tremendous respect for this uh, guest. His name is Mark Morgan. Mark served as the Chief Operating Officer and Acting Commissioner of the United States Custom and Border Protection. He had a long career in, in the FBI. He was appointed as the Head of Inspection Division and Training Division. He also served as the Chief of the United Border Patrol under Obama. Welcome to Unite IE, Mark Morgan. Agnes, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I would like to ask you, we're going to pick your brain a little bit today, if that's okay. You have a wealth of information that the <laughs> listeners need to know. Can you give us an insight of what is happening at the border? Yeah, and that, that, there's a lot going on there, Agnes. What, what I, I'm going to start first by saying what, what's not happening at our border. What's not happening at our border is immigration. That's one of the, the big false narratives. That's one of the lies being told by this administration. What's happening at our borders is about border security. And, and that's very important that we separate those two. Legal immigration is a separate issue. And we can have separate conversations on, on how and, and, and can we uh, improve our legal immigration process. Those are worthwhile discussions to have. But that's not what's happening at our borders. What's happening at our borders is about border security, which is being driven by illegal immigration. And just quickly, here's how this happens. The cartels actually exploit the migrants who are illegally in and across the border. They'll flood a zone with illegal aliens coming across. They know that border toll will respond to give them the humanitarian uh, uh, care and relief that they need, leaving large areas of the border wide open so that drugs, criminals, and potential national security threats can get through our borders. That's why we say border security is synonymous with national security. So make no mistake, illegal immigration is not a victimless crime. It allows the cartels to exploit our borders, again, to push the drugs, the criminals, and potential national security threats. And real quick, in the last 31 months, we've seen over 7.2 million total nationwide encounters. The Border Patrol, they're not on the front line, Agnes, and I know you know this. They're not there. They're pulled away from the, the border. They're pulled off their national security mission. They're relegated to be back in facilities to process and administrative work to process and release the illegal aliens. Meanwhile, our borders are wide open. That's why we also, in the last 31 months, have had 
1.6 million uh, known Godaways. And the last thing they'll say, and, and then they'll shut up, is that why are Godaways so important? Well, the majority of those coming across uh, our borders illegally give themselves up. So why do we have a Godaway? Because we know among the 1.6 million total known Godaways, that's where the murderers, the rapists, the pedophiles, aggravated felons, as well as gang members and potential national security live. Absolutely. I completely agree with you, Mark. And being a naturalized citizen, a legal immigrant, I am appalled as to what's happening in this country. And really, uh, legal immigrants are furious with this government. Let me ask you, Mark, what are the main differences between former President Trump and Biden's immigration policies? Yeah, first of all, I, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, hey, look, that's why I, I, I love you. And I'll come on any time because what you just said is so very important. That's the distinction. You Look, I don't know anybody. Angus, you and I have talked. We know each other. I don't know anybody that's for bo- strong border security that's also strong for legal immigration, right? Again, yes. th- those are two different things. Legal immigration, absolutely. We have a rule of law. There's a legal way to do it. No problem. You follow our laws. You follow the rule of law, legal immigration all day long. Absolutely. Again, right. But again, that's not what's happening. Our borders. It's not about immigration. It's as I described here's look, I, the, the best way that I can describe the difference between what we were doing under President Trump, which, again, I was a commissioner. I'm glad you pointed out that I was chief of the border patrol under Obama. Here's here's the big difference between Biden and Trump under Trump. One, he enforced the rule of law. He enforced the laws that we had. He understood that border security was synonymous with national security. And so he listened to the border patrol. He listened to the border security experts and he applied a a multi-layer strategy that included resources to include infrastructure like the wall, technology and personnel. In addition to that, he supported them with policy that applied consequences and, and actually applied deterrence. Uh, uh, factors that really led by February of 2020 led to the fewest number of illegal immigration we've had in decades. And we actually had the strongest border security we've had in our lifetime. President Biden came in and he dismantled every bit of the network of tools, authorities and policies that we had established under the Trump administration. He removed the deterrent strategy. He removed the consequence strategy. He removed the resources, stop building the wall. The Remain in Mexico program, which is one of the most effective programs with respect to deterring illegal immigration, he ended. The asylum cooperative agreement we had with all three northern triangle countries, again, to act as a strong deterrence for migrants not to take the dangerous trek, he ended. I could keep going on and on forever about everything that this administration not only dismantled, but then the messaging was loud and clear, Agnes. He sent it to the entire world that now is the time to come to our borders because it doesn't matter how you get here. It doesn't matter if you illegally enter or not against the rule of law. We're going to process and release you in the United States never to be heard from again. And so he literally took the most secure border we had in our lifetime and he intentionally unsecured it. Absolutely. And for those of us who pay attention to this uh, insanity, we're outraged. And I don't know what more I can do or what angel moms can do because I've been very I I got death threats. Uh, I got um, I get attacked viciously. Uh, My dead son gets attacked viciously by these left wing 
nuts who do not yep. see the, the big problem. Uh, we have a little bit more time, and I would like to ask you, how can this border invasion be stopped? There's only one way. We have to get somebody in into the White House that understands border security is synonymous with national security, that has the political will, strength, and courage to actually provide the resources and the policies that allow the men and women on the front lines of our nation's border to do their job, enforce the rule of law, and actually secure them. We have to understand that Illegal immigration is not a victimless crime. It absolutely has a direct impact on our ability to secure our border and stop drugs from going across criminals and national security threats. And I just look again, this is why I will I always love talking to you because w- there's so many things we don't talk enough about. Exa- for example, what you lived through. I mean, how many more Americans have to die? We, we, we heard about the fugitive in Pennsylvania that was ca- caught, by the way, by Bortac. And here's what's frustrating. He was in the country illegally. And why did he come here? Because he was fleeing his home country, Brazil, Brazil, because he had committed a murder. And so he was able to sneak in our country illegally. And then he killed a citizen in this country. That's outrageous. How many more American lives have to be lost at the hands of illegal aliens when we can prevent this? These are crimes we can prevent if we secure our border. It's outrageous. And the last thing I'll I'll say real quick, I know we're running out of time, is that it's not just that Americans are dying from our open borders. Guess what? So are migrants. In the last 30 months, we've had over 1,900 dead migrants recovered by CBP. We know up to 30% of young women and children are sexually assaulted and raped on their journey up here. And we know that countless are thrust into a life of trafficking. There's no downside to securing our border, both American lives and the lives of the migrants that they feign support, that they care about, will be saved. Absolutely. And I don't know if you know, Mark, this is my son, Ronald. Angie, who's also on the screen, this is her little baby boy, 13 years old. Uh, This is Haley. These mothers will be speaking. This is Lacey. These mothers will be speaking on today about this insanity. Mark, from the bottom of my heart, I wanted to thank you for your invaluable knowledge and information and taking the time away from your busy schedule. You wanted to say something? Please, you I'm still sorry, have a minute. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I know we got quick. Don't thank me. I, I thank you for, for you having the courage and, and all the other folks that, that, that have, have gone through a loss, that they have the courage to talk about it because that's what we need to hear. Americans need to hear your personal stories for it to resonate. I feel that they're disconnected. It doesn't impact the little bubble that they, that they live in. They've got to hear your stories because right now what's going on is negatively impacting every aspect of our nation's safety, health, and national security. So thank you for what you do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, uh, your knowledge and the information you provided. Hopefully it will open the eyes of many Americans who have their head down in the sand in a hole. They are not believing what's happening and it's very, very disconcerting, especially, uh, not just for me, uh, having lost a child, but for American citizens. Today was my son. Tomorrow is going to be somebody else's child. So think about that. Well said. Well said. Amen. Think about Thank that. You. And, and yep. listen, uh, Mark, if you can get us angel moms at the border to speak on this insanity, we're all available. Uh, I can get you in contact with tremendous angel moms. Uh, please let's do this. Thank Absolutely. you. God bless you. You bet. you bet. Amen. God bless. God bless. 
Let's hear from Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution? Do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then, when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash-out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. I am Angel Mom Agnes Gebeni with Redlands Tea Party Patriots in Rancho Cucamonga Republican Assembly. I have Angel Moms on the show today. We just heard Mark Morgan speak, uh, give his uh, wealth of information. Uh, so they ca- these angel moms will tell you their stories. As you may know, I am an angel mom, a title I don't want or like, all because my firstborn son, Ronald Da Silva, 29 years old, was murdered by a previously deported criminal illegal alien. I refuse to say illegal immigrant or undocumented immigrant because they are not immigrants. They are illegals. My life changed permanently that April 27, 2002. My son's murderer was released in November 2019. He is free to enjoy life while mine will always be fragmented. I have with us today another angel mom, Angie Morphine. She is not only a friend, but a mother of Ruben Morphine, 13 years old. And if you see the video, this is her little baby. Angie, welcome to Unite IE Radio. Would you briefly tell us what happened to your precious son, Ruben? Uh, thank you for having me, Agnes. Yes, I get very emotional, so if I cry, please forgive me. That's um, okay. It's going to be 33 years this December. Uh, he was uh, actually walking home from a party with uh, his friends, and it was his first party. He wanted to go meet a girl that wanted to meet him and um he just walked home with friends he grew up with in the neighborhood and because they, they didn't find a ride home they were actually apprehended by like two car full of gang members um one was a truck and the other one was a regular car they jumped out of their cars and truck and they beat up half of the boys some of them ran but they grabbed my Reuben by the shoulder and shot him in the back of the head, point blank. I was told that it was a drive-by shooting, but it took a while because nobody was telling me the truth, and it was really hard on me to even think that anybody could grab my baby and just shoot him in the back of the head, point blank. But um, it turned out that the guy who killed my son was an illegal alien, he actually didn't live in Salinas. He lived in uh, Huntington Park. He was in Salinas for the holidays. 
when he did an initiation and he just picked my son. Um, after he shot Ruben, he fled to Mexico. He was jumping back and forth from Mexico to Arizona to Nevada. And, um, it was, it was hard. And it, and it still is 33 years later and I could still cry for him like if it was yesterday. Um, I, I too have been attacked because of my stance on immigration. They're illegal aliens. They're not citizens. They're not immigrants. Um, it really upsets me because, um, they come into our communities and they actually steal, I feel they steal my children's education and future because these things that they're entitled to are being given to illegal immigrants. And I don't think that there should even be a competition on that. My children deserve their education. They deserve the programs that are out there for them. I feel like our government betrayed us because um, they're not doing enough to protect the citizens of the United States. Uh, I am from Mexican descent. And I'm also American descent because uh, my mother was an Apache Indian. I, myself, am an American. Uh, my mom taught me that and so did my dad. My dad was from Mexico and uh, he taught me that this was the best country in the world. And that he was happy and proud that I was born in it and that I had a right. So when they took my baby, my baby was murdered by one of my own that's what what I what I used to say you know but Ezekiel Mariscal wasn't one of my own he belonged to Mexico he didn't belong to me so this is my country and I want the best for my grandchildren and my children um Ezekiel Mariscal escaped to Mexico and he was actually it took about four years before um I got a call one of the detectives in Salinas had put my son's story on America's Most Wanted. And they actually called me back to do my son's story. They came to Salinas and they reenacted the whole crime. And that was in February of 2000, no, 19, oh God, 1994, when they came and reenacted the the whole thing and um as soon as they did the show i would say that was in february and in july 13th mariscal was actually apprehended in the state of jalisco mexico for the murder of my son after the show aired the foreign prosecution unit that used to be stationed in san diego i don't even know if they're there anymore after this administration um, they actually went into Mexico, put a warrant for the arrest, and he was arrested. He served 20 years in a Mexican state prison for my son's death. But that didn't give me closure. I still miss my baby. Thank you. A uh, very heartbreaking story, considering your son was only 13 years old, and these heartless uh, illegal alien gang members uh took your son's uh, life in such a tragic manner. Um, you mentioned that the uh, murderers are in prison. Have they all been arrested? Um, 
What I understood about my son's case was that his own friends actually gave up the name. So they nothing was done to them. Mariscal's family was actually moved to Nevada to protect them. And can you hear me? Yes. Okay. His family was moved to Nevada to protect them from us. And uh, Mariscal's younger brother murdered somebody in Nevada. And that's why they were looking for Mariscal because they knew he was coming to try and help his brother out. But um, as for anybody else did any time, I don't think so. What I do know is that a lot of those boys that were involved back then, they're all gone already. They died a long time ago, probably at their own hands. Okay, I have one uh, last question for you. What would you like to see happen in regards to immigration? I would like our government to actually enforce the laws we already have. If they would have enforced the laws that we already had, Ruben would still be alive, Ronald would still be alive, and hundreds and thousands of other Americans would still be alive. Just enforce what we have and bring back President Trump. He's the only one that cared. I completely agree. Um, enforcing the laws would be a first step, and uh, Congress keeps talking about uh, 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 revisiting immigration laws. You don't need to redo the whole thing. You just need to enforce the existing immigration laws. Yeah. And until you start doing that, holding people accountable, holding employers accountable, nothing is going to happen. Absolutely nothing. Uh, nothing. We have a little bit more time. Uh, I wanted to ask you, after 32 years, Angie, Mm-hmm. I know for myself, it's been 21 years. Uh, there are days that I, I just want to crawl under a rock and die myself. I just don't understand how somebody could kill, uh, take somebody else's life. As you know, Ronald wasn't the intended target. He was, he pushed his friend out of the way and he's the one that got the bullet saving his friend that I just found out last year. Um, how do you live every day and your children? Because everybody forgets the siblings. Everybody just focuses on the mother and the father and forget the siblings. Yeah. How has it affected oh, no. yours? The siblings suffer a lot. My daughter Esther was seven years old when Ruben died. Um, till today that still affects her. Uh, she actually, um, yeah. It's it affected her a lot. I she was in and out of therapy most of her life, um, but she wanted to help the youth, and you know she finally got together. And um, she's a counselor now, a drug and a drug and gang counselor at a junior high school, and she loves it. And her students love her, and you know, but it affected her in a hard way. It affected, I think, the whole family because I'm not the woman I was before Ruben died. I really didn't care about anything except my family, you know, and beating my family, having a home. And But after Ruben died, my life changed completely. And my kids were 
restricted from doing anything. You know, they were always, I was always watching them. I was picking them up from school, taking them to school. I wouldn't let them walk home. I wouldn't let them do anything because I was afraid. And then my grandkids came and it's like every one of them has to pass the age of 13 before I feel relieved. As soon as they pass 14, into 14, I'm relieved. But it's a nightmare every time one of them was going to turn 13. Thank you, Angie, for continuing to fight for your son and for all of us, because every one of us will impact someone down the line. So hopefully this won't happen to someone else's children. We'll be right back after this commercial. Thank you. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution, do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash-out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Angel Mom Agnes Gibney with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and Rancho Cucamonga Republican Assembly. I am sitting in for Greg Britton, who is on a much-needed vacation. We're talking to Angel Moms who are sharing their stories of the effect of open borders, like my only son, Ronald, who was shot and killed by a previously deported criminal illegal alien. I am pleased to have Angel Mom Kathy Hall, mother of Haley King, 18 years old. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Kathy, would you please describe briefly what happened to Haley? Um, she was... 18 years old. It was a week before her 19th birthday. She was on her way home. Uh, she was a passenger on the back of a scooter, um, driven by her friend, David Gutierrez. When a man named Sergio Rodriguez driving 71 miles an hour, um, hit the kids, um, from behind, it was a 35 mile an hour zone. So he was twice the legal, uh, speed limit. Um, when he hit the kids, Haley flew up onto the hood of his truck, um, and uh, instead of slowing down or stopping, he flung her off headfirst into the road at 71 miles an hour. The scooter and the boy, David, went up underneath. He was trapped um, down the road, about a mile down the road. The um, sparks started coming from underneath the truck, so he pulled into an apartment building. When he did, David's body had come out from underneath. He had been trapped underneath. The sparks were caused from his legs being detached from his body, and then it was metal to metal. Um, he was in the driveway 
uh, left his, his torso was left in the driveway. He was still alive, screaming for help. This man got up and got out of the truck, left it, left it there, and walked past both kids in the road, never calling for help for them. Um, Haley died six hours later at the hospital. Um, David wasn't expected to survive, but he did. Um, he was a double amputee at 20 years old. Two years after the, um, I don't call it an accident. An accident would have happened if he would have pulled over when he hit the kids. You know, I'm, we're not inhumane. We understand accidents happen. But, uh, David died from a blood clot that went, um, to his heart. And the reason for the blood clot was the loss of his legs. So it was a, a, his death was also a direct impact of what happened. Um, it, it took us almost two years for the sentencing. Um, the prosecutor went in with the intent of they were just going to give him, um, probation. Um, and I went in and laid it all out to him and said, okay, same thing I'm telling you now. Accidents happen every day, um, but when you know, willingly know there is a young girl's body on the hood of your truck and you fling her off head first at that point, I believe it was murder. He made that conscious decision not to stop or get help. Um, and he agreed. We got the first second degree murder charge in the state of Arkansas uh, for a hit and run, but then a new prosecutor came in and pled it down from 58 years to 17 without ever even asking us how we felt about that. What they didn't tell us when they did the plea deal is he would be considered a nonviolent offender with the charges of manslaughter, second-degree battery, and leaving the scene. Uh, they also did not tell us that two years after he'd gotten to prison, he would be up for parole. Uh, we This August will be our third parole hearing, um, and he's been in, it will be six years. No, he's had two denials, so two, four, yeah, four years and he'll be on his third hearing. Um, I've been at every one. We've brought him the hearings, and so far we've gotten it. But, you know, even after this kind of tragedy happens, people think, okay, it's over, the person has, is deceased. It's not. We still go through the court hearings, the uh, parole hearings, and have to relive this. I have to relive it right now every two years, and I'm lucky. Because normally Arkansas only gives a one-year denial, and we got two two-year denials. You know, Kathy, I find it absolutely horrific that the state of Arkansas puts families through these kinds of parole hearings every year, every two years at the most, opening wounds all over again. It's almost like... And eternal, like you're being shocked every day, every day. You cannot just mourn your daughter and try to um, f- f- make the new life that you have now because your life permanently changed that day that Haley and David were killed. Uh, I know that David died. Um, uh, Christmas was the last year or the year before. Young man, full of life. Uh, watching, uh, Kathy sent me the pictures of his injuries. Absolutely horrific. Uh, you can only imagine this young man sitting in a wheelchair with no legs, uh, because this illegal alien 
And trust me, people, I'm not saying that every illegal alien is a bad person, but there's a good number of them that commit a crime, and the first thing they do is flee. They have no regard for your life, for mine, or anybody else's. Kathy, um, thank you for staying in the fight, and my heart goes out to you uh, having to go through this every two years. Honestly, I can't even imagine. Uh, in two weeks, uh, something very important is happening. Can you share with us what that is briefly? Uh, yes. Um, the Sergio Rodriguez that killed David and Haley um, have agreed to speak with me and tell me what happened that night and why. Um, my honest opinion, he's only doing it so I'll stop fighting the parole hearings. Um, that's just my opinion. He could have other reasons, but I don't believe so. Uh, so I am going to go from my home in Colorado to Arkansas and sit down and speak with the man. And it's, um, I'll tell you, it's, it's very emotional right now getting ready for this and trying to think of what questions I do want to ask. You know, I forgot to mention, uh, during all of this, um, they, the state of Arkansas allowed him to get married right before sentencing, which made him a legal resident. And with this immigration in, we don't know what's going to happen if he does get paroled. Um, it was that he was going to be sent back to Mexico. Um, now we have no idea because of the whole marriage that was allowed to go on. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. It's almost like the legal system, the court system, the judges are working for the criminals and not for the benefit of innocent people and the victims' families. Absolutely well, un- unbelievable. At, at sentencing, he was surrounded by police officers for his own security. We were treated like the criminals in the courtroom. Um, when I went to the press and, you know, wasn't willing to just let him receive the charge of leaving the scene, um, we were threatened that we wouldn't be allowed in the hearing. Um, at that time, there was going to be a hearing. Uh, you know, we were just, we were ostracized the whole time, we, the entire time through the the court hearings. And, I mean, it was horrible. They had interpreters there and armed police officers around him. And then when I finally, after the case was finished, and I got all of the dash cam video from the police from that night, um, he speaks perfect English. Why are the taxpayers paying for an interpreter when he had no issues understanding anything? I guess this must be a trick that they play because my guy, I call him my guy, the man that killed my son, uh, he played the same thing. He played that he was mentally uh, not competent. He played that he didn't need a translator. But then when the judge was talking to him, he would respond in English to the judge, and the judge said, stop it. Uh, you either talk to you through uh, your interpreter or directly to me. You do not need an interpreter. So he got caught in his own game. But they, there is all these kind of games that goes on under the uh, family's nose who are already being hurt. I had the family of the offender laugh in my face and my, my when they read my son's name in court, the victim. They did the same thing at the first hearing um, that he had to go to. Well, I, and I also forgot to mention, and I'm so sorry, that when they did find him two days after my daughter died, um, I had received a call from the police department letting me know that he had been located. He, for 48 hours, was on the news um, in Arkansas and the surrounding states um, and on the radio 
um, the election was going on, and I had no idea then what it would mean to me to, for Trump to come into office. And uh, I was watching him come in when I got the phone call that uh, they had got him. But an hour and 20 minutes later, I received another phone call letting me know that he had been released on a $25,000 bond. Unbelievable. Kathy, we have about a minute. Can you tell me what immigration changes would you like to see? Um, you know, I would like to see this catch and release is not working. This give them a court date um, and they'll come back for it is not working for us. Um, but it, it's not just that. It's the judicial side. I would like to see on the judicial side when there is a crime committed that they are treated just like an American citizen would be and not just a tap on the hand and it's all okay. You know, I, I've discovered that a lot of these cases that the illegals will purposely commit crimes so that they are on probation because then they can legally stay here to finish out their probation and parole. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Kathy, thank you for telling your story, sharing it with all of us. And uh, God bless you next uh, week and a half when you go uh, sit with uh, Sergio Rodriguez face-to-face. I will call you. I'll give you some ideas on what to ask him. Um, God bless you, and thank you so much for being on the program and sharing uh, Haley's and Sergio's. And for those watching, this is Haley, her little uh, 18-year-old little girl. Look how tiny she was. She didn't deserve this, and David didn't deserve this. Thank you, Kathy, for being on our show. We'll break for a commercial. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution, do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash-out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite IE radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Angel Mom Agnes Gibney with Redlands Tea Party Patriots and Rancho Cucamonga Republican Assembly. We have been interviewing Angel Moms, families like mine who lost a loved one, lost our children at the hands of an illegal alien. I am pleased to introduce Angel Mom Bonnie Drexel, mother of Lacey Ferguson, uh, 25 years old. Here is a picture of Lacey. Bonnie, welcome to the show. I would like to ask you, um, can you be- briefly describe what happened to Lacey? Well, my daughter Lacey, she is 25 years old. She had only went to a store one night in a uh, 24-hour AM, PM type market. And um, she had went there. I don't know what she was purchasing. At any rate, she had went in the store, came out of the store, and a car had driven through. Then it returned, 
and they opened fire on everybody there. Lacey was shot, and two other people were shot. Um, she didn't survive her injuries. She was shot and killed on her daughter. She's an only mom, her daughter's third birthday. And since then, we've raised Haley, her daughter. Um, they have caught the guy. It took years, I might add years. It turns out he's an illegal alien. Um, his 12th arrest, he had committed 12 other separate crimes before he was able to kill her. He went through the revolving door of the system in California who believes in Sanctuary City, so therefore they protect these folks. And then on his 36th arrest was for my daughter's murder, finally. And during all those times, he was only deported once, and that was on his 35th arrest and because the state of Arizona did it. Other than that, they never deported him or anything else. They left him here to be available to kill American citizens. And what area did this happen? This happened in the Central Valley of California in the town of Modesto, California. Okay. How many years did the murderers, or have they they been arrested, correct? How many years Um, did the murderers receive? Oh, you'll love this. Um, He received three life terms plus 61 years. He got a 61 to life for Lacey's murder, and then two other life terms for uh, the other two people he shot. Um, the thing is, is he's been in since he was convicted and finally sent to prison at the end of 2018. California has this neat little thing they do, and they do it behind everybody's back, and it's called an elderly parole program. Being as it took years to get this guy because she was shot in 2003 and we didn't get an arrest until 2016 and had to have him deported out of Mexico for that. Um, they now, he is 50 years of age and he is eligible for the elderly parole program right now. And what that consists of is 50 and or 25 years served. So basically he's looking at being paroled already. And they have a date set for him. They had one date for 2039. They have now lowered it with no explanation to 2034, and we don't get to hear anything. Even though we have Marcy's Law out there, and I was a part of that, they actually do not contact you or tell you anything. But, yeah, he's actually looking at parole for 61 to life, you know, three life sentences plus 61 years. Absolutely amazing, uh, shocking that the legal system would do this to families. What I find frustrating is that the jury awarded this guy 60 to life for Lacey's murder, and the legal system or politicians, they always interject and try to reduce their sentences. How many more people need to die before somebody and everybody will stand up and start fighting against this insanity? Well, what I found in the years that I've been fighting this and trying to get him arrested and everything else, because we did everything we could to keep it in the public eye, which was a trick in itself, just to get this arrest, the bottom line is they don't care if they kill your kids. They do not care. They do not care if American citizens are dying every day. It kills me, but just about every day on the news you hear about another one and another one and another one, or a whole group of people being slaughtered by these people who are being protected. 
and who should not be here in the first place because they're actually breaking the, the first law they broke was coming across the border illegally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and they're being protected. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. And what protection do you and me and all of us get? Nothing. Well, I learned a long time ago when they have those little emblems out that says to serve and protect, I have to ask who, because it certainly isn't us. I am so sorry for your loss. Can you tell uh, tell us what it took to finally get to court? Because it took a few years from 2003 to 2016 for these murders or for this murder to be arrested. What took so long? Basically, it went cold case within 12 months, which I wasn't notified of. I found that out on the Internet. Um, what it took was keeping it in the public eye and, and bothering everybody until they actually did something to do this. And um, it actually took taking it out of the sheriff's office. The district attorney's office took it out of the sheriff's office, and they had their investigators on it. It's what it finally took. But we spent years with everything from billboards, bus benches, flyers, America's Most Wanted, you name it, any any which avenue we could to say, hey, this happened. You know, can you do something about it? And it you know, this, yeah, and, and the sad thing is you work with victims of crime for somebody yes. else, and eventually you became one of them. Well, you know, when they sat there, I, I started complaining about the concept with, you know, fighting against gangs, this, that, and the next thing in California. And, you know, what they did, instead of actually doing anything about any of it, they went and turned around and made it a sanctuary city. Like, it, you know, and then they harbor these people. I don't understand the concept of it. I don't understand the whole open border concept. I don't understand any of this other than to just, just destroy our country. And that's what I see. And, you know, the minute you complain about it, you got politicians, oh, those poor criminals. You know, and it's disgusting. Absolutely. Um, I am uh, absolutely uh, baffled by some of the stuff that I hear from other angel moms and dads and families, what they go through uh, to go through the legal system and how they are treated. I had my issues also. As you know, I was never allowed to say my impact statement, which is a victim's rights. And uh, uh, I I was just robbed of that uh, possibility. And then when I called... Yeah, it is terrible. And when the court said, well, you can write to him, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Uh, if you could, uh, I mean, what would you like to see happen in regards to immigration? Immigration, shut down the border and start figuring out who's here for asylum, who's not here for asylum, and start shipping them back. I'll say it. We're getting we're getting inundated. It's affecting our entire country, our our budget, everything else. I mean, I see people here that can't even afford to pay their house payments or anything else anymore with this Biden inflation or whatever he wants to call it. And yet we're handing billions of dollars elsewhere, not to mention spending billions of our tax dollars for these people to be here. And most of them don't have an immigrate, you know, an asylum case. This is crazy. And, you know, and I'm not heartless on that. 
those people are dying to get across the border, too. There's a lot of them that die doing this or being raped or being put into, you know, human trafficking rings, all kinds of things. You know, it's not pleasant for them either. I think it needs to be shut down, revamped, and, you know, you have to ask, like, people like you and another angel mom we know, you know, you came the legal way. What happened to that system? Mm-hmm. And why did these people get to jump in front of the line? Absolutely. You know? You have to ask. Yeah, absolutely. And the media is ignoring us. Uh, This president, he won't even touch us with a a 10-foot pole. Uh, He doesn't give a crap if they're dying, if we're all dying. No, no, he doesn't. I mean, that's obvious. I mean, what else can you assume with this? I mean, you see it every day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bonnie, I wanted to say thank you so much for being a part of this uh, program. I really appreciate it, and God bless Lacey, your beautiful daughter. Uh, may she rest in peace, and Angie's uh, son, Ruben, and uh, Haley also. God bless us all, and including my son and all the victims out there. Thank you so much for bring, uh, being on the show. Unless- thank you for having me. Thank you, sweetie. Unless you have been affected by illegal alien crime, you cannot measure our anger towards politicians who have not done anything to protect our borders. We are all ignored, forgotten Americans by politicians and by the media. Our hearts will forever be broken. We will forever long for our children. I pray you will never experience this pain. Uh, remember that a country with no borders is not a country. Speak up, fight for your country, fight for your freedom. Remembering our children is easy. We do it every day. But missing them is a heartache that never goes away. You never get used to it. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, at one point, what I would like to see happen with immigration, enforce E-Verify, punish employers who hire illegal aliens, end birthright citizenship, deport illegals, and no public assistance of any kind to illegal aliens. Tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite IE Radio. Thank you so much, and God bless. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.